0: Okay, so let's jump back into Job. I think uh, we ended up right near the end of chapter two. Um, We're in chapter two of Job verse uh, 11, because yeah, we just finished uh, verse 9 and 10 um, about his wife last time. Hey, Charmaine. Um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, we're at verse um, verse 11. So here's the thing. Quick antidote, by the way, about the book of Job, before we even jump into um, what we have uh, ready for us tonight, um, is the fact that, and in, in, in Charles and I uh, were talking about this on Sunday, I think it was, or maybe it was Saturday, um, that it's interesting, you know, in the breakdown of the books of the Bible, uh, that Job is grouped or Job is paired with the poetic books of the Bible, with the books of, of wisdom, uh, like we talked about in the introduction, when you look at, you know, Psalms and Proverbs and by this book that, that is grouped with those books, um, because it documents this man's life and, and, and the trials that he went through, or at least it doesn't document his whole life, but it documents the trials that he had went to and went through. And it's interesting how a book about suffering is grouped with the book of wisdom. Right. That that a book that is about this man's suffering and rationale behind it and what's going on and his struggle with what's happening and and these discourses, long discourses that he had with his friends, and then God's response that 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 a book about his suffering is included in the books of wisdom that is grouped with those. And it and it's a little unpopular, and we probably hate to think about it, but yes. There are things that we learn when we go through things. There are things that we learn in our suffering. Uh, And and, and I'm not even sure if we even made that uh, one of the themes that we learn in the book of Job. But there are things that we learn in our suffering. There are things that we learn in our hardships, uh, in our trials, uh, that produce wisdom. There are things that you know now. This application of God's word that you have now. Uh, there are things in, in, in maturity that has happened in your life that that you would not have had had you not gone through anything. Okay, and so and there are. Th- I see you nodding your head, Crystal. There are there are, there are things that you could almost consider yourself a veteran at now, a seasoned saint. Somebody some some like like I trust God with this, and it's not that you trust God in a theoretical way or that you trust God in a well. I think that if I go through this. I'll be able to hold on to my faith. I see you, mom. It's the fact that you've actually been through something. Watch this. And that you actually have felt like you could not get through something, or you actually have went through something in your life and you had no clue what God was doing, or you went through something in your life and you had no clue how God was going to bring you out, but he still did. And after he brought you out, it brought forth wisdom in your life to where now when you go through something again, or now when you're faced with a situation, you know, now can look back on something that you've been through before. I see you see here that you can look back on something that you've been through before and say, "Well, I now I am wiser than I was before." You know, we like that Marvin Sapp song, "Never Would Have Made It." I'm stronger. I'm wiser. I'm better. I see. I see you got your, your, your uh, video muted here, but I, I see you singing a song that that now that 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 I never would have made it without you. But now now but say, now that I'm through it, I know that I'm wiser and I'm stronger because I went through what I went through. so there's something about suffering when we go through it and we experience it that brings wisdom and so it makes sense that this book of suffering is grouped in to this book uh to to the groups in 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 the bible uh books uh when you want to categorize things uh in the bible like we got the gospels we got the historical books we got the minor prophets we got the major prophets we got the books of wisdom that Job would be included in the books of wisdom if if you if you look at philippians 3 10 and 11 if you want to write that down and maybe check it out a little bit later philippians 3 10 11 check out what Paul says. Watch this. He says that I may know him, watch this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his what of his suffering being what conformed to his death. We talked about the whole point about being conformed to the image of Christ being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So he says that I may what that I may know him of the power in the power of his suffering, know him, uh, and the power of his resurrection. I'm sorry. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. What? But listen is what he says know, to know him and the power of the resurrection. But watch this and the fellowship of his suffering. And so when you look at in the fellowship of his suffering, that is to participate in his suffering. That is to be a partaker. You don't have fellowship in anything that you're not a partaker in. You don't have fellowship in anything that you're not a participant in. And so we said in the fellowship of his suffering. That's why the name of the church is Impact Fellowship because you have a you have you have a fellowship, you have a participation, you have you are partaking in making an impact in your area. And so that's why we're called Impact Fellowship because you are a part and this is what's so interesting about the fact that uh, uh, when Natasha had reached out from East Strasburg, had reached out. To impact about being a part. She got it off the break. She says, "I want to be a part of this fellowship. I want to be a part of this family." She understood exactly what it meant when it came to being a part or when it came to the fellowship. Because again, it is one thing to say, "I want to know you in your power. I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection." But he says, "But also in the fellowship of his suffering." And while we want to know him and I want to know the power of his resurrection and I want to know what it means for me, but how many of us will sign up for the fellowship of his suffering to say I also want to participate and I want to partake in his suffering but again again without without the suffering where's the wisdom it is included in these wisdom books that as we go through things and as we come out of these things we come out what better and we come out wiser amen okay so let's go let's keep going uh uh, because we haven't even started reading yet and it's already seven forty-two. all right so chapter two Um, uh, uh, verse 11 in Job chapter 2 verse 11 he said so now now we're at the point where after after he has this exchange with his wife right so now I'm gonna read from New King James Version now when Job's friends uh, heard all this adversity had come upon him watch this each one of them came to his own came to his own place uh, Eliphaz, uh, Timonite, Bildad, the Shuite and Zophar, the Nemite, right? And says, for they had an appointment together to come and mourn with him to comfort him. And so we see that we have uh, uh, Eliphaz, we have Bildad and we have Zophar. Now watch this, isn't it interesting? That after everything Job went through, and we read about this man of great wealth, and he had this large family, and he had all these possessions, and he's got the cattle, and he's got this, and he's got that, that when it came down to it, that he only had three friends who came to see about him in the worst time of his life. It says that when they heard about it, that these three people came down, that this man has all this wealth. All this, uh, all the cattle. He's got he got this big family, and he and watch this, and he and he was considered righteous by God. God even was bragging on him, as the story says in 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 the first chapter to the devil. Have you considered my servant Job? He's got all this stuff going for him. But when the when the worst time of his life was happening, and the rubber met the road, and he needed somebody on his side, isn't it interesting that he literally had three people who heard about what was going on with him and decided to come down to check on him? And and listen, sometimes we go through that same thing, that it is really interesting that while everyone will say I'm your friend and while everyone will sit there and want to send you a friend request on Facebook and they may want to retweet what you tweet, that, some, that that sometimes when it comes down to it, that you can count on one hand the people who will really be there for you. That while I'm going through this and Micah's got this going on or Charmaine's got that going on and, and, and while everyone will say, yes, I'll be there for you, yes, I've got your back, that when when, when it really comes down to it and you're in a pinch and God knows Don't let the the, the difficulty you fall upon have to do with anything with money because then the circle gets even smaller because people don't want to give you no money. They don't want to help you out with anything. And it's so funny that the moment we start to go through things at that circle of people who say that they're your friends or say that they will be there for you, that that thing gets smaller, I see you mom, and smaller and smaller. And we see this happening with Job. The first part of the book, we see all these great things about Job, the first part of the uh, uh, first chapter great wealth, all these things, uh, 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 close to God. And, and yet when he's going through suffering, you would assume that someone who has all that stuff would have plenty of people who want to come see about him. I'm sure he knew tons of people. But when it came down to the suffering, we have these three people who were the ones that wanted to come down to check on him. If you go to Proverbs 18, 24, uh, 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 and again, I'll read from the New King James, Proverbs 18:24, it says, a man who has friends must be friendly himself. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now watch this. If, if we don't dig a little deeper, we can get confused by this kind of contrast of what they're saying. That yes, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Most interpretations translate this to say that someone, uh, that, that he who is looking for friends or he who looks for many friends do so at his own ruin. Uh, uh, look it up in the Amplify, look it up in some translations, saying those who are looking for so many friends and those who are looking for a wide net of people to be friends with have to show himself friendly instead that he does it at his own peril and does it at his own ruin. However, instead of trying to find all these multiples of people who are going to be there and be your friends and pat you on the back and all other kind of stuff, he says, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, sticks closer than even blood relatives. And I know sometimes we can and look at some stuff that we've been through, and look at our own family, and say, I could use a friend that's closer than this family member, or I could use a friend that sticks closer than a brother, because sometimes some of the worst hurt that we feel comes from the people who are supposed to be closest to us. Sometimes the things that we go through that brings us down the most happens to the people who are supposed to look out for us, the people who are supposed to protect us, the people who are supposed to provide that companionship, and they just simply... Uh, uh do not. And so he says that, yes, that a person, I see you, mom. I see you, Natasha Church. You got it. But don't get me started on that. I told you I'm, I'm going to be good tonight. I, I, I was really good when Sierra wasn't on the Zoom call this past Sunday. I didn't go down on my soapbox on church. Um. So um. and I'm not going to do it tonight, even though you tempted me, Natasha, I ain't going to do it. He says that a man who has friends must show himself friendly. Remember the interpretation is talking about even at his own, he does it at his own peril, but there is a friend who sticks closer uh, than a brother. So let's look and see what his friends came uh, to do. Uh, Let's uh, continue at uh, verse 11. It says, for they made an appointment together to come uh, and mourn with him and to comfort him. And so we see right there where it says, number one, they came to mourn with him, which is something we should do as believers. Write this scripture down. We're doing Bible study, Romans 12, 14. Romans 12:14 encourages us to, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn that when there are people who are mourning when there are people who are going through a tough time that it is that it is something that we should do as believers as a family to mourn with the ones who mourn that as somebody loses a family member or someone loses a job or something bad happens in someone's life that it isn't necessarily our job to leave them alone to mourn this thing that we ought to we ought to what uh, uh fellowship with them in that suffering right that we ought to mourn Mourn uh with them, and so he went down there to mourn with him, as we should do as believers. We also see that it says they went there to what to comfort him again, which is something we ought to do as believers. That yes, I will mourn with Denise, and yes, I will mourn with Mike and Tanya. But watch this, but it also says that they went down there to comfort him. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. You write that down. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7 it says, Praise be to God. Watch this, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of compassion, watch this, and the God of what? All comfort is what the Bible says. Watch this, verse four says, who comforts us in all of our troubles, watch this, he comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Now watch this, that 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 I've been comforted by God and the, and, and since I've been comforted by God when Crystal needs comforting I'm not just going to leave it up and say well God's going to comfort her because he comforted me. Well if God pulled me through he's he going to pull Crystal through so she's going to be, well parent, I mean I know parent's going through something but when I went through something God pulled me through so God's going to pull, yes he will but the Bible says that the same manner at which God comforted me, that I am now to comfort somebody else, that I will not leave you alone, that the same comfort that God gave me, verse 5 says, for just as we uh, share abundantly in the suffering of Christ, watch this, we talked about the fellowship of his suffering, right? We talked about that not too long ago, says, uh, 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 not too long ago, tonight in this Bible study in Philippians, verse 5 in 2 Corinthians 1 says, um, for as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, Says what says so also, uh, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces, um, in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer, uh, and for hope. You is firm, and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort again. So, just the same way that I suffer and that and and I get comforted by God, the moment that Micah now is suffering, I need to go to Micah and bring that same comfort that God gave me, and I need to be the source of comfort for someone else. So, we see that they did what they went to mourn with him and they went to what they went to comfort him, and that's what we're supposed to do. Now, watch this it says in verse 12, and when they They raised their eyes I'm back in Job and when they raised their eyes from afar they did not what recognized him they did not recognize him they lifted their voices and wept and each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head towards heaven and so when they went up to him and they looked up as I see you ma it says that they did not recognize him Uh, so now he is at the point where his suffering because remember he lost everything at first Uh, Then the devil comes back and he's got these boys from head to toe. And and he's unrecognizable to the people who know him the closest or who are his friends, or at least we're friendly enough to hear about his suffering and come down and check on him. And sometimes we go through that same thing where we go through something or go through some sort of suffering where, where we aren't even recognizable to those who are closest to us and sometimes not even recognizable to ourselves. And that's not even an outward thing. Sometimes the way that it was outward with Job. Watch this. Sometimes it is an internal thing that sometimes you're just not yourself anymore because of the things that you've gone through. Watch this, that you used to be what? Fun loving. And that's upbeat, cheerful, Optimistic, but things had changed in your life and you had gone through something and now you're not even operating the way you used to operate anymore. Similar to Joe, where on the outside, he had been through something and it had changed everything on the outside to where his friends couldn't recognize him. Sometimes, have you ever woken up and, and you stand in the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize yourself? Not that you physically look different, but emotionally you're different and mentally you're different and spiritually you're different. And you're like, I don't even recognize me anymore and we say this all the time, I gotta find myself. I gotta figure out what's going on. I need I need to rediscover who I am. I need to get back in touch with me. All you're saying is, I am going through something right now in life, and I don't recognize who I am anymore. I used to laugh. I used to joke. I used to go out with my friends. I used to be optimistic. I used to believe that my best days were coming. I used to believe this stuff, but because of the stuff that I am going through, when I look at myself or when others look at you, just is something is different, and you don't seem to be the same anymore. The good thing is, is that by the time we get to the end of the book of Job, we will see and have have answers that, yes, you can, watch this, be back to who you were, but be better than what you were, and, and and not just get back what you lost, but get more than what you had before, and that there is hope, and you can get back there. But sometimes we go through these things, and, it, and, and, and we got to understand that you're not the only one. Karen or Micah, Gina, Tanya, if you if you sometimes feel yourself out of whack, you have to understand that you're not the only one who feels that way. That's the era does the same. She'll wake up in the morning and won't feel. I will wake up in the morning and not feel my, like myself. Charmaine will wake up at Crystal the say that we all and this is one of the main things that we have about this Um Uh, A theme of the book is the fellowship of suffering, because yes, we want to know him in his power of resurrection, but also in the fellowship of his suffering. Don't forget that Jesus, before he was crucified, was beaten to the point of beyond recognition right before his death as well, to where they almost couldn't even recognize who he was, except they knew who he was because they knew this was happening to him, that even he was beaten to the point where flesh was dragging off his face, and so he couldn't even be recognized physically by the people um, who was around him, or at least looked dramatically different after all the physical punishment that he'd been through. And so there's the fellowship in what in his suffering, but also we have this fellowship together in the suffering, and this is why this is why the Bible said in Second Corinthians, like we just read, that as I go through something and I'm comforted by God, that it is up to me to also comfort someone else as they go through something because we have this fellowship, um, uh, one uh, with another, and so we see this point where he doesn't even resemble himself and he doesn't look. Uh, 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 like himself, and so they, they tear off their clothes, the uh, robe, uh, they sprinkle dust on his head toward uh, towards heaven. Verse 13 says, so they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. Uh, no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief was very great. So let's see what else did they, they do. So they couldn't recognize him. They went to comfort him. They mourned with him. Uh, didn't recognize him when they see him. They sat with him, okay? Understand this, that you should never doubt the importance and the power of being present for somebody, okay, being there for someone, that there is power in just your presence and being able to sit with someone who is mourning or to be with someone who is going through something. So never underestimate, sometimes in your mind when you hear someone is going through something and you're like, well, I don't know what to do. Sometimes just being there is enough. Sometimes just sitting in the living room with someone who is going through something, and if they want to cut the TV on, let's cut it on. If they do, just whatever it is, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be present. You're going to feel me present with you because listen, sometimes when we walk into a room and there's darkness, we have to bring the light. And sometimes you may be the only light that's in that room. And so you have to go there and make the, and it's not necessarily you who's present, it's the spirit of God that's in you that's present. And you've got to bring that into that room. And so now I see you, my So never underestimate the power of your presence and being there with someone. It said that they sat with him. Then it says they did what? They sat with him seven days and seven nights. That is a long time, okay, to just sit with someone because it said they sat seven days and seven nights and didn't even say anything. And so seven days, seven nights. Understand the fact that sometimes these grieving processes and sometimes we try to make people move on from stuff faster than they are able to. It took, because listen, even though it says, it just says he sat with them, they sat with him silent for seven days, seven nights. This chapter upon chapter about grief and mourning, and he's asking questions and they asking questions, like his grief didn't stop after seven days. It continued on and on. And we see this discourse with him and his friends and then him by himself and then him and God. And so it continued on and on. Let's not be in a rush to try to make people move on faster than they are are able to emotionally and mentally, that it took with seven days, seven nights before anyone even said anything. And so listen, when we're there and we're present and we're mourning and we're comfortable, I mean, and comforting people, that we have to make sure that we are comfortable allowing people the time and the space that it takes for them to grieve and to mourn without the whole, okay, you need to get up. Okay, you need to stop. Okay, you're doing too. Okay, you say, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Sometimes just be present and let them go through. Through what they are going through. Also, with the seven days, seven nights, there is symbolism in the number seven um, uh, uh, in the Bible. It's the number of completion and perfection. Uh, God created the world in, in six days, and He did what? He rested on the seventh day. Uh, Jesus on the cross had seven last words, uh, seven things that He said before He died. Uh, in Psalm 12, uh, verse 6, you can write that down if you want. Psalm 12, verse 6, uh, it says, And the words of the Lord are flawless like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times, okay? And so that's the number of perfection, the number of completion. Jeremiah 11 and 12, when there's a prophecy going on about the Messiah, he says seven things about the Messiah in this prophecy. It says a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. They're talking about... Um, uh, from the line of Jesse, uh, and from him, roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. That's one thing. He says the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. That's seven things in his prophecy about the Messiah coming. Um, and so I'm not sure if if the completion uh, uh has anything to do with this it's just that the number 7 is symbolic in the bible i don't know if it ties to the 7 days 7 nights with job because again he wasn't necessarily done with it um we just know he was silent for 7 days and i doubt this whole discourse with him and his friends all happened on the 7th day or on the 8th day because it's a lot and we're going to read most of it um but we'll read all of it, most of it together. Uh, and so it would, assume, it would seem to me that this went on longer than seven days. It's just that since we were on the number seven, I decided to go through some of the symbolism with it. But I don't think that that is because, you know, y'all know me. We read the Bible for what it is. I don't try to make nothing seem mysterious or spooky or make anything tie, you know, to, to something that doesn't tie to. So I don't know. I don't think that that number seven completion has anything to do with the seven days and nights that um, that anymore, because it just doesn't seem to tie together with the story. But the number seven um, is, uh, is symbolic. What else happened? So they sat uh, with him. Uh, nobody said a word. Watch this. The Bible says nobody said a word for seven days. Watch this. It's sometimes okay to not say anything. Okay, and we talked about that in our speech therapy uh, uh, sessions. You can go back on the bus route and listen to that. That it's okay to sit and not have anything to say. Watch this. Both for the morning, the one who's doing the morning, Job, and and we can relate to that. Sometimes we go through things and it's so hurtful, it's so confusing, it's kind of weird, and we're at a loss for words and we don't know what to say. I don't know how to even express what I'm going through. Sometimes you'll wanna pray and don't have the words to pray. Sometimes you're so upset or so bothered and there's nothing that you can say to articulate exactly how you're feeling. And it is okay to sit there and have nothing to say, to be at a loss for words and for the one who's comforting. And sometimes it's okay for you to not have the words to say to someone that you are comforting. Like we said, it is okay to just be present the same way that Job's friends were present. And because sometimes we'll open up our mouth and we'll see this in a second, where when they did start to talk, they started talking foolish. And so sometimes it is cool just to be present as opposed to opening up our mouths and saying the wrong thing, as opposed to being silent and just comforting someone uh, who needs to be comforted. Uh, And so now what we're going to do, we're moving to this part where there's these long series of discourses. Uh, With Job kind of monologuing a little bit, and then we've got his friends saying a few things. Job kind of responds, and Job goes through a whole different monologue and stuff like that. So what we're going to do is something that's a little bit different from our previous verse by verse Bible studies. What we're going to do for next week is read. Everybody read throughout this week, and the chapters aren't long, uh, but read from chapter three, read from chapter three through chapter nineteen. Okay. Job chapter three. And as a matter of fact, if you want to spend some time listening back to the first three parts of this series, the first two and then this part, the three parts that we've done already, read the first two chapters, and then just keep going from chapter three through chapter 19. Take your own notes. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to pull certain things out of those 16 chapters, okay? But come back with some notes. And if you feel like it, share some things that you saw and some things that you noticed. And and, and we'll talk about that. Uh, starting next week, so remember uh, job chapter three through chapter nineteen, Read through it and 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 take your own notes and let us know uh, and then like i said i 'll pull st- stuff out from those chapters um, and then and then we'll move on uh, to twenty right around to twenty through thirty eight and then we 'll spend a lot of time on god 's response and that'll be our that, that, so those will be our last three bible studies of the summer. Um, those that those three parts. Now remember, we've got three more weeks of Bible study for the summer. But after Bible study's done, we're going to um, continue to be on the Zoom call on Wednesdays for prayer, um, and 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 and, 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 uh, and you know, if anybody want to share anything, any kind of testimony or anything like that, through the summer before we get back to verse by verse in September. Amen.